Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Be sure to check out Morbidly Beautiful for all your horror pop culture needs. Everything from reviews, interviews, top 10 lists, retrospectives, introspectives, anything you've ever wanted, they have it. They also have an extensive library of podcasts, which I highly suggest you check out after listening to this episode. Speaking of this episode, I do have a different one for you. I know I say that almost every week, but this one is truly, truly different. As opposed to looking at a real-life dark history event or creature, we're going to look at something a little more fictional, but with a realistic story behind it, the inspirations, and, well, the creation of maybe one of the greatest horror icons of all time, created by one of the greatest horror directors of all time. August is a special month for horror fans, as most recognize it as Wes Craven's month. He was born at the beginning of August, and ultimately died at the end of August, and his contributions to the horror industry will last forever. From Woodsboro to Springwood, Wes Craven has created a world, or multiple worlds, in which horror can thrive, and his most beloved and most recognizable character just happens to be one of the deadliest. His name is Freddy Krueger, and that is who we are going to be looking at in today's episode. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. Now, I think most of us who grew up on horror will automatically recognize Freddy Krueger as maybe one of the most terrifying characters in movie history. I know personally, when I was a kid, I had trouble sleeping when I thought of A Nightmare on Elm Street or Freddy Krueger. It was just one of those things that if you thought about him before you went to sleep, he was going to visit you in your dreams and slice you up. It was a given. It was a 100% fact, even if it wasn't. And that's what made Freddy Krueger so utterly terrifying. There was no defense against somebody who could attack you in your sleep and in your dreams. Somebody who could control the world around him and use it ultimately to his benefit to achieve his goal, which is to kill you and your friends and your loved ones and anybody you've ever met. That's what Freddy Krueger meant to me when I was 8, 9, 10 years old. Now, of course, as I've gotten older, I don't find him as scary. But the premise and the idea of dying in your sleep for no apparent reason, other than maybe a child murderer in your dreams, did the deed. As unlikely as that is, it is a true symptom. And before we get into the history of Freddy Krueger, I want to look at the inspirations behind what led to his creation. Now, I've heard a few different accounts of how this character came to be. So I'm going to read all of them for you, or at least the ones that I find most interesting and relevant. And the first one comes from an interview that Wes Craven did back in 2014, shortly before his death. In this interview with Vulture, Wes Craven went on to say, quote, I'd read an article in the LA Times about a family who had escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and managed to get to the US. Things were fine, and then suddenly the young son was having very disturbing nightmares. He told his parents he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him, so he tried to stay awake for days at a time. When he finally fell asleep, his parents thought the crisis was over. 
Then they heard screams in the middle of the night. By the time they got to him, he was dead. He died in the middle of a nightmare. Now, if that doesn't make your skin crawl, I don't know what will. I know we talked about clowns last week and how they can give you goosebumps and give you chills on the back of your neck. But we have a real-life account of somebody screaming in the middle of a nightmare, or what we assume to be a nightmare, and then just dying right in the middle. Dead asleep, dead for dead. Now, the article here goes on to explain what that phenomenon was. And it's a medical term called Sudden Unexplained Nocturnal Death Syndrome, or SUNS. A similar thing can happen to young children, infants. It's called SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, when a child just suddenly dies, generally in their sleep for no reason. Or no obvious reason, anyway. Regardless of what this symptom or this syndrome is called, it always means the same thing. Nightmare death. Now, throughout history, SUNS has mostly affected Southeast Asian men settling in the United States. There have been several recorded incidents worldwide dating all the way back to 1915, but in the early 1980s, there was a disturbingly frequent amount among the Hmong immigrants. According to a 1987 report in the Los Angeles Times, at least 130 people had died because of SUNS, most of them refugees. As noted in the LA Times article by Dr. Robert Kirshner investigating the phenomenon in the late 1980s, he could only speculate about what was causing the mystifying occurrences. He proposed that, quote, a random electronic discharge, end quote, which could have been caused by a nightmare, quote unquote, shorted out and overloaded their hearts, causing them to stop. Pretty much scaring themselves to death, essentially, is what that means. Apparently, when news of the deaths spread, it caused so much stress among the Southern Asian refugees that they were actually afraid to go to sleep. Many of them believed in spirits and the supernatural, due to their upbringing, caused them to fight sleeping for fear of coming across some sort of demon in their dreams. However, the sleep deprivation may have put so much strain on their bodies it caused their sudden demise regardless. Sleep deprivation also increases the risk of sleep paralysis, which explains why they thought they saw demons and monsters in their dreams. And if you don't know what sleep paralysis is, it's a terrifying disorder, I guess you could call it, where you are awake but asleep at the same time. You have no control over your body, but you're fully aware and conscious of everything around you. And oftentimes you hallucinate, seeing either a shadow figure, a monster, a demon, or something holding you down or just staring at you menacingly from across the room. Either way, it's terrifying and you have no control over it. I'm not even sure how it goes away. I'm not sure how you get through it. But all I know is that these symptoms are absolutely terrifying. It's important to know here that in the Hmong culture, people believed in nocturnal pressing spirit attacks. And they ward them off with sacrifices and their belief in the ancestral spirit who protects them. By moving to the United States, however, they were no longer able to perform these rituals, and the relocation meant leaving their guardian spirit behind. Thus, they were more prone to evil spirits attacking them, especially in their sleep when they're the most vulnerable. All this makes sense if you have that belief system. Now, I'm going to ruin your disbelief here for just a second and show you the real reason why these people were dying suddenly in their sleep. It was years later that they discovered there was an actual scientific reason for the nightmare deaths. Rugata syndrome. It's a genetic disorder in which there is an abnormal electrical activity within the heart. 
and it's the underlying cause. Research has also discovered that it is disproportionately linked to individuals of Southeastern Asian descent. So that explains that. But the premise of a dream demon lives on, obviously, with Freddy Krueger. And the sudden deaths do, obviously, account for Freddy's powers. But what about his appearance, his persona? Well, according to Wes Craven, the decision was made to make him a child murderer as opposed to a child molester, which is what Craven thought was the worst thing possible for a human being to do. He changed it to murderer in order to avoid being accused of exploiting the spat of the highly publicized child molestation cases in California. Further inspirations come from Wes Craven's childhood, from his school year specifically when he encountered a bully. Also, there was a disfigured homeless man who had frightened him when he was 11. And ultimately, the pop song, Dreamweaver by Gary Wright, all played roles in the creation of Freddy Krueger. I would kind of want to see this homeless man, and I want to meet this bully as well. I wonder if he ever got any credit for being like Freddy. It's important to note here that in an interview Wes Craven did, he noted of the disfigured stranger, quote, when I looked down, there was a man very much like Freddy walking along the sidewalk. He must have sensed that someone was looking at him and stopped and looked right into my face. He scared the living daylights out of me, so I jumped back into the shadows. I waited and waited to hear him walk away. Finally, I thought he must have gone, so I stepped back to the window. The guy was not only still looking at me, but he thrust his head forward as if to say, Yes. I'm still looking at you. The man walked towards the apartment building's entrance. I ran through the apartment to our front door as he was walking into our building on the lower floor. I heard him starting up the stairs. My brother, who was 10 years older than me, got a baseball bat, and we went out into the corridor. But he was gone. It's experiences like that that can shape us as children growing up into adults. Wes Craven used that, obviously, for a creative purpose. Something that traumatizing can stay with you and do terrible things to you, but he turned it into something good. Well, I mean, if you consider Freddy Krueger good. As I mentioned prior, Wes Craven is responsible for a lot of fantastic films, from The Last House on the Left to The Everlasting Scream with the incredible line, Hello Sydney, what's your favorite scary movie? And then lastly with Friday the 13th. Of course, he did so much more for the horror industry, but we're not done looking at Freddy just yet. I'm going to treat Freddy like I would any other case. I'm going to go over his timeline and his history. More than what we just went over, the fictional history of Freddy Krueger. So sit back and enjoy the recap, I suppose. This is what happens when dreams meet demons. Freddy Krueger was born Frederick Charles Krueger to his mother, Amanda Krueger, who was a nun working in a hospital and was reportedly raped by over a hundred psychopaths. Freddy's history is just as disturbing as you might think it would be. During one of these rapes, she became pregnant with a son who was named Freddy. Later in life, he became a murderer in the Springwood area, notorious for killing children. The media labeled him the Springwood Slasher, and he was apprehended, but later released because of a technicality. According to some sources, it was because 
somebody inside the search warrant in the appropriate place. The parents of the children tracked him down and found him in the boiler room where he took his victims. The parents poured gasoline into the room and set him on fire, which caused his melted facial features and his ultimate demise. He died in 1968. However, he returned, but not in the way you would think. Kids on the street, Elm Street, were suddenly and randomly dying in their sleep with no reported causes. Gashes and slash marks would appear on their bodies seemingly out of nowhere. Police were at a loss. Or, well, were they? Rumors began to spread that Freddy had returned. Of course, this was all foolish, it was all nonsense, and it was just an urban legend. There was an actual physical murderer out on the streets terrorizing these children. Right? That had to have been the case. Despite growing rumors of Freddy's imminent return, the parents on Elm Street remained very tight-lipped about the events that happened nearly 12 years prior. The children that Freddy victimized were now teenagers, and they were trying to get on with their lives, not remembering really the events of what happened when they were kids. It wasn't until the closing months of 1981 that the children of Springwood, in particular those teens whose parents had formed the mob that killed Kruger, began dying in peculiar ways, especially during their sleep. As I mentioned, the parents ignored or denied that anybody was responsible, especially somebody called Freddy, who liked to make himself known to these victims prior to brutalizing them. Though not all of Freddy's victims succumbed to their wounds, Nancy Thompson, whose family moved into Kruger's old home, was the first of the Elm Street kids to learn about the past and ultimately defeat him in her dreams. However, true to Freddy's fashion, he would not stay dead. It was rumored that there were people especially teens, in the world who could control their dreams and actually fight back against Freddy Krueger. Kristen Parker was one of those girls, and she had the ability to bring people in to her dreams. She, along with other surviving Elm Street children, battled Freddy in the dream world. This is all according to Kristen's accounts. Of course, none of this can be substantiated because we can't see into dreams, but rumor does have it that... These children defeated Freddy Krueger once again. Once again, there was a peace in Springwood. No more deaths, no more fear, no more terror. The urban legend of Freddy Krueger was dead and gone. That is, until a few years later, when things started going funny once again. A young woman by the name of Alice Johnson had somehow gained Kristen's supposed power and she had the power over her friend's dreams. Some would even call her the Dream Master. Alice was able to remove the souls that Kruger had gained over the years and left him powerless, according to some reports. A year later, Alice became pregnant, and she stated that Kruger started using the dreams of her unborn child to kill again. It seems far-fetched, but this is according to official reports. Once again, Alice was able to defeat Freddy. This was a second time, with the help of Kruger's mother, Amanda. After Kruger was contained, Alice moved away from Springwood, and luckily she did, because Freddy 
made an escape. Oddly enough, women seem to have more power over Freddy than anything. In fact, there was only one male to ever fight and survive Freddy. His name was Jesse Walsh. And while he didn't truly encounter Freddy in his dreams, he was able to push him back as Freddy tried to use his body to get into the real world. He eventually managed to fight Freddy off and send him back to the dream world. Again, these are super official reports. These things apparently truly happened. Now it's unknown the current whereabouts of Freddy Krueger. Some say he still lives on in the dreams of children of Springwood, especially on Elm Street. Others say he never existed in the first place. But what we do know for certain is that he killed at least 20 children before he was burned alive in that boiler room by the parents of Springwood. If you believe the reports of his dream activities, he killed around 40 more after he fused with the dream demons and became able to enter those dreams. His reign of terror in the dream world lasted from 1981 until 1989. Some would say he has some powers. As discussed prior, he can enter your dream world, but he can also enter your mind, see your deepest fears, and use them against you. Some reports also have him possessing other humans, ethereal humans, to try to gain access to the real world where he can cause damage, and not just in the dreams of those who believe. Some say he can manipulate matter within these dreams as well, transforming people into other objects, from insects to, well, anything, and using that to kill them. Some also say he has some weaknesses and some vulnerabilities. If he doesn't have enough power, he can't kill anybody in the dream world or the real world. Where that power comes from, it's hard to identify. Some say it's the souls of his victims that keep him going, that he keeps them trapped, that he keeps them for himself as a fuel source. Others say it is a belief system. The fewer people who believe in him, the less likely it is for him to be able to cause any sort of harm. Some say Freddy is afraid of fire due to the way he died in his actual life. When he was burned alive, that PTSD sort of stayed with him, and can you blame him? That's a pretty traumatizing event for anybody, even for a child murderer. Lastly, some say he is afraid of holy powers. The, the power of God or the fear of God lives within him. Being a demon and all, it makes some degree of sense that a priest or a holy person might be able to vanquish him or at least exercise him when he tries to possess a human. Regardless of what you believe, Freddy Krueger and his story lives on. We can't deny that his presence is everywhere. Everybody has heard of Freddy Krueger and the terrible crimes he has committed. Whether he committed them after his death is a story for another time. It's something we will never know, but it sure is fun to look into, isn't it? Now that does bring us to the end of the podcast. My name is Casey, and if you like what you heard, feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow along on Facebook at Horror Shots, or on Twitter at Horror Shots Prod, as in production. You can find me on Instagram as well at Ominous Origins Pod. Be sure to check out my Twitch channel as well at twitch.tv slash muskyfox. That's Fox, F-A-U-X. I've been playing a lot of horror games on there lately, and it's been a whole lot of fun. I even had somebody stop by the other day who listens to the podcast, so thank you for that. 
I want to see more of you in there and interact and chat with you while we play some video games. But until next week.